0: CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for Your Money and Your Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again to Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash and myself here to talk Uh, Some pretty interesting topic again this week. We're going to talk about inflation, early retirement, and some proposed changes to Social Security and what maybe they aren't telling us. So we're going to dive into all that this week on the show. And as always, if you've got questions or concerns, need some help about this topic or any other, make sure you're reaching out to Don before you take any action. He is a CPA and a CFP. If you're not already working with him, you can find him online at donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. My friend, what's going on? How are you? Hey, doing good? You know, it's already the first week of September, right? As we I was going to ask here. you, where'd summer go, right?
1: Oh, man, it's like, uh, you know, kids are back at school, back in college, back to the office, and, mm-hmm. you know, it almost feels like a, like normal, like 2019 again,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you were telling me right before we jumped on here that, uh, you know, things are lightening up in your area, uh, something called local summer. So that's that was kind of cool, too. Uh, so as the I guess the people are kind of going away from the area, the locals get to enjoy their home home turf a bit more
1: yeah they're kind of away from the beach back up north back in north jersey or new york city but uh you know it's interesting regarding getting back to some type of normal right Mm -hmm, right. normal flashback uh i noticed that the traffic in my area is like huge right now between school buses and minivans Uh and commuters and you know people are getting really required i've been reading a lot required to go back to the office right mm-hmm. so the remote yep. work is kind of dying down so it's interesting you know to kind of deal with that all over again but you know this time of year i think i mentioned to this. maybe we did this last year i always get like a little melancholy feeling that this summer's over and uh, even though i've been in school in decades <laughs> i get that feeling like you know labor day is is here come and
0: gone I guess it's because I have, you know, a couple of kids who are still in school. I get that feeling. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, you know, now that we are back in the saddle, let's tackle some ongoing concerns. um, And we'll take your attention away from that melancholy. We'll focus here on some work (laughs) uh, about inflation. And talk a bit about some of the root causes as well as some proposed changes in Congress to Social Security, because uh, I haven't really heard much about this. Uh, and so for a lot of folks who maybe not as well, um, talking about inflation, you know, I know the Fed chairman just said like a week ago, hey, don't expect inflation to necessarily dissipate just yet, and so on and so forth. So lots to cover. So let's dive in. Yeah, it's it's funny, Mark. It seems like it, that uh, anything that goes on the last two weeks
1: of August – kind of goes into like a news cycle black hole, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've even noticed that uh, the, the star news anchors and the media figures and a lot of politicians, they kind of just go on vacation the last p- two weeks of August and right. the last two weeks of <laughs> right. December.
0: Right, and everything kind of goes on the standstill, it almost seems like. Uh, yeah. what is it the saying? Uh, if a tree falls in the woods and there's nobody there to hear it, did it happen kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's part of the part of our job maybe. Right. So we dig into some of these issues, surround ourselves with experts and, and help navigate through retirement. That's certainly what you do. You're always doing continuing education and things of that nature. So, cause there are many blind spots that can cause problems. So let's talk a bit about inflation. As I mentioned, uh, it did come down a hair, Uh, But then again, like he made that comment. So why is it that, you know, we still kind of have these opposing forces and the various different things being said, like it's not quite over yet?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It is sliding back a bit right last month it dropped to like eight mm-hmm. and a half percent and we see that reflected uh, to some extent in gas prices sure. at least here i'm noticing you know it's down like a good dollar or so but it, it's still way too high right i was joking with my wife it's like oh wow well, we can fill up the car for only 70 dollars right and it was a hundred dollars uh three months ago but we talked about this definition of inflation before, Mark. It was you know simply inflation is too much money chasing too few goods and services, right? And of course, the greatest the expense item for just about any business typically is the cost of labor. So if labor is not plentiful and it costs more, uh, the business passes the cost on the, to the consumer. So a simple example of this is the fast food business. If you can't find workers at McDonald's for $12 an hour, you might need to pay 15 or $17 an hour. And now the burger doesn't cost $5. It might be $6 or
0: $7. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does seem like everywhere we go, we're still seeing these health wanted signs. Something like 11 million job openings, I think, something like that. So Mm -hmm. I guess all of that money that people got over the past two years from those stimulus checks and stimulus bills um, has dried out, has run out. We're seeing all sorts of little comments and things about that as well. I think I just read last week that the number of people in the labor market is actually growing uh, and is back to pre-pandemic numbers. So in theory, that should help.
1: Yeah, actually, it should help. Um, and we hear a lot of talk about, of course, regarding the past two years, about supply chains and material shortages, and shipping delays, et cetera. Uh, it all comes down to the number of people in the workforce. So it doesn't really matter if they're in the United States or Mexico or India or China or Europe or somewhere else. If people don't work, uh, stuff doesn't get produced or delivered to stores. So we mentioned that, you know, inflation is defined caused by too much money chasing too few goods and services. But in the past, we had this issue with inflation simply due to really too much money, Mark. And people got the money from working. right? And there were, you know, plenty of goods and services. And what's changed this time is that people got money for not working. So no work equals Mm -hmm. fewer goods, fewer products, fewer services, and it's really that simple.
0: Yeah. And I think it also created some other problems that I think we're starting to see now as well from, you know, there's people feeling like they don't necessarily want to go back to work. So uh, that's, a, you know, another conversation to have. But so to reduce the inflation rate, we need to either reduce the amount of people working and slow the economy or increase the number of people working and get those goods and services out there. And I think that's when we talk start talking about recession, people get confused because a lot of the markers that make recession are not actually there right now, yet we're Technically, in one, so it gets really confusing. But I think we're getting more and more services back online. But it just seems like it's slower than people might have anticipated.
1: Yeah, it's so confusing, Mark, that they actually changed the definition of a recession. Right? Did you hear about that? that? (laughs) Yeah. Used to be two consecutive consecutive quarters of of negative uh, economic growth, and now it's like, well, not exactly. We're kind of changing. Well, it is a a little off,
0: right? Because like you, you do see like typically you would see in a recession, you know, people not. Uh, people looking for work right and this this is the opposite way there's like worker companies looking for people so there's a lot yeah, of weird yeah. indicators there
1: Well to your point about the Federal Reserve right the Federal Reserve now is doing uh, is trying to like reduce economic activity essentially, which is odd right you know if we're kind of in a if you want to call it a, a quasi-recession, they're increasing interest rates to slow down the economy which has already slowed down ironically create fewer job openings and depress the wage growth so hmm. uh, that's interesting it's not what we've seen before with the federal reserve in a in a recession
0: yeah so it definitely is counter seems counterproductive anyway uh, and you know it seems like we need to definitely be getting more people back to work to just improve all of these things and and that's certainly been a challenge
1: yeah, I mean, you would think so. That's the key, getting more people back to work. More workers means more stuff. More, more stuff, right. <laughs> which means lower prices, yeah, right? Yeah. Which brings us to the issue, by the way, of early retirement. This mm-hmm. is an interesting phenomenon. Most people today who have not gone back to work are between the ages of 55 and 65. Hmm. Uh, in the first 18 months of the pandemic, two and a half million people over the age of 55 left the workforce Wow! and over the past you know let's say year or so you know uh well probably over the past two years really Mm -hmm. many have gotten federal stimulus money uh, and unemployment benefits just like the younger people the difference is that often these people over 55 they also had some savings right true and we had a very good investment climate before early this year and many of these early retirees were living on their savings.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and there's lots of reasons that people who are 55 have not gone back uh, to work. You know, COVID uh, related obviously could be one. Plus, you know, if you just get into that habit, it's tough, right? I mean, you're that. I would imagine too, you're that close to retirement. It was kind of like it's an interesting trial run, if you will, uh, longer vacation, whatever you want to term it. But it's kind of like, I got to get geared back up to go in and do this again.
1: Yeah, it's actually it's interesting. It's like almost like a uh, unexpected sabbatical, right? You could say it's like being on vacation in a way. Um, But it's something that you know when the habits change, it's kind of it's hard to get back into the swing. You know, I find that if I slow down for a few weeks at the end of August, it's not so easy sometimes to sort of turn the switch on in September (laughs) and hop back in the saddle. And I think the danger is if you're too young to collect uh, social security benefits Mm -hmm. and you're also too young to access Medicare for health insurance and you have a period of maybe low investment returns coupled with 8% or 9% inflation, Mm -hmm. you could be spending too much money and set yourself up for big trouble, right? So uh, another downside to this is what's happened over the past two years. you probably heard of this is that the average American has gained twenty-eight pounds. I knew I wasn't alone. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like the perfect recipe, right? Yeah, you know, you're not moving as much, you're not as active. Uh, there's more food available, so not only do you have this new habit of not working, your health might be slipping as well.
0: Yeah, Don, that's a that's a real negative spiral, too, right? I mean, what just gets us in a bad, uh, just a bad spin, tailspin.
1: Yeah, it really does, and and uh, you know, skills slip, uh, boredom sets in, people kind of lose their edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but young people suffer from the, uh, you know, from the older cohort not really being in the workforce. So you have younger workers in their twenties and thirties, really, who need experienced professionals. To sort of teach them the ropes mm, and not only the technical stuff but the soft skills like communication being on time and you know working late sometimes and how to act how to dress how to ask for advice and move up the ranks so i really encourage people to think this over carefully it's interesting you sent me a, a little blurb earlier about a, a psychologist's point of view mm-hmm. uh, for people who are, sort of like a downsizing or you know walking away from life uh, in the workforce and you know you have a sort of a, a change of course in routines and people often struggle with finding a consistent genuine lasting meaning and purpose so uh often i suggest a better path a better way to approach this is to maybe work part-time uh, or maybe volunteer to keep themselves active and i I'm actually reading a a great book on this subject. It's called From Strength to Strength. It's a New York Times bestseller. I hadn't heard of it before. One of my clients turned me on to this. So it's about how to think about the second half of life and how to use the skills we've created in the first half of life to apply to the second half.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, we'll put a link up uh, in in the show notes for that. So uh, if somebody's considering pulling, you know, the plug on work at eight sixty, for example, these are some things that they can look into. Hopefully, before making that decision, can you give us a few uh, some rundowns of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if someone's considering retirement, one of you know, from a practical standpoint, one of the the key address uh, issues to address uh, is the really the why. Right? Like, why are they making the decision? What's going to be their purpose going forward in life? And, you know, that book and good conversation answer some of those questions. But a lot of people really struggle to answer these questions. So it's not just economic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, from a practical standpoint, though, and people have heard this advice, but just to, you know, pretty much to review some key points, some of the practical bullet points is what's the cost of living? For yourself and your family. This right. is huge, Mark. Most people get this wrong. I mean, I can't tell you many people who might tell me, oh, I need $10,000 yeah. a month. Yeah, and
0: I hear that all the time from advisors that they, people get it wrong, so it's definitely a thing.
1: And then I would give them a, a, a sort of a template so, to fill out these expenses and get back to me on on, you know, see if the $10,000 number is real, and it's almost invariably wrong. Oh, well. It's almost... 90% it's more than that. <laughs> Jeez, wow. So you have to really look at what's the true cost of living. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the big ticket items that they really want uh, now that they're considering retirement? It could be a trip, it could be a second home, a boat, maybe paying for a, ca- a grandkids college or wedding, something like that. The other point people overlook is what does the health insurance look like? You know, if we all know that Medicare is an entitlement no matter what your income is at age 65, so it's universal coverage. But before that age, what does the health insurance look like? So, some people can get health insurance from a former employer. It's called COBRA, right? Mm-hmm. For 18 months or 36 months. Some people are fortunate enough to get a retirement benefit that includes health insurance. Oh, but that's becoming increasingly rare, right? Um, but if they don't get COBRA or they don't have a, a retirement plan, they could have to apply for individual coverage. Right, And they really have to be aware of this because often the coverage, the individual coverage is not nearly as good with that kind of a plan. Uh, and the premium can easily exceed like a thousand dollars a month per person. So you might get worse coverage, less choice and a pretty big bill. And the last thing people need to keep in mind is that social security doesn't start until you're age 62. And you can't really earn more than about $20,000 per year or your benefits reduced until your full retirement age of 66
0: or 67. Well, these are some great points for sure, Don. So I'm glad we're covering a lot of this stuff, but I know a lot of folks listening probably heard that bit that I mentioned about social security and a proposed change up in Washington. And that's always got people's ears, right? Because it's something we're nervous about. We've, we've see all these things about it running out of money and the various different things. So enlighten us here on this topic. It's funny, Mark, we always talk about and we joke about how politicians love to
1: name their bills and they create these acronyms. This one's called the You Earned It, You Keep It Bill. No. Okay. I'm not sure what kind of acronym they're going to (laughs) have on this one. But the key provision of this bill Mm -hmm. is to eliminate the taxation of Social Security benefits.
0: Now, Wow, interesting. So, Because people have been complaining about taxation on this for years because it didn't used to be the case, right? It was added. um, Initially, it wasn't there for a long time, correct? And then they added it. And so they're now thinking about taking it away? Is There's there got to be a catch.
1: Yeah, correct. They added a taxation in Social Security several years ago. But what makes you think there's a catch, Mark?
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Living here for 50-plus years?
1: Well, this might be actually the most disingenuous bill. (laughs) That I've seen in a long time and has a lot of landmines. Oh my, that's
0: saying something.
1: Yeah, it really is. So here are the details. It's been proposed by a representative called Angie Craig of Minnesota. And it was one of those last two weeks of August things, Marks. Remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. How you know the tree fell in the woods and no one hears it? Right, right. All right. So the, here's the rule today. Right now, Social Security income is taxed based on your level of income as well as your marital status. Mm-hmm. And there's a formula that they have to determine if the taxation is nothing or if it's on 50% or 85% of your social security benefits. Right, We so, usually
0: hear up to 85% when you hear it talked about, right?
1: Right, that's what's sort of the most common number you see. Okay. So if you're like, say for example, if you're married with a joint combined income of over $44,000, Eighty-five percent of your Social Security benefit is taxed. Right. So let's say you have, for example, three thousand dollars a month of Social Security benefit, thirty-six thousand dollars a year of Social Security income, mm-hmm. and maybe a pension, uh, IRA, and interest income, things like that, and right? uh, another fifty thousand dollars. Okay. If that's the case, eighty-five percent of the $36,000 of Social Security income, maybe $30,000 of the income is taxable.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you're in the 12% federal tax bracket, mm-hmm. that tax on the Social Security income, you might be paying $3,600 in tax.
0: So that could bump you, right? What's that? That could bump you then, right, to the next tax bracket?
1: Absolutely. Wow. So if you're in the next tax bracket, the tax might be sixty six hundred dollars. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, uh, on that income. So the higher the bracket, the higher the tax. So sure. Yeah. This law would eliminate that tax.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds good. I mean, that sounds like uh, let's. That sounds like a good thing overall. So, where does the money come from to pay for the elimination of the tax? And you know, what's the landmine? I suppose. Okay. Here's
1: a great question, but here's the catch. Okay. Okay, and it gets a little technical, but let's follow follow along. They're proposing raising the cap on how much of your earnings at work are subject to the Social Security tax. So right now, a worker and the employer each pay about 6.2% tax on earnings up to $147,000. After that kind of earnings, you don't pay any more Social Security tax. So the proposal would lift this cap of $147,000 and pick it up again after someone earned $250,000. So it doesn't sound like a big deal because most people earn less than that, right? OK. So this is almost like a donut hole if you think of it that way, right? right. Between $147,000 and $250,000, there's no tax. And then you after that, you start paying the tax again. The problem is there would need to be a corresponding benefit for more money getting taxed for the high income levels, which would give these high earners a huge Social Security benefit, right? Mm. So, right now, the Social Security benefit is similar for a person earning $100,000 a year, or even if someone makes $1 million or $2 million a year. Okay. So, do we want a millionaire to get a Social Security benefit of $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 a month? Yeah.
0: yeah. That would, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I know, I know, means how they call it means testing has been kicked around about you know those ways to look at Social Security fixing it for people who make really high amounts that would never need it. Uh, But wouldn't this also drive some high earning people who are older? Would it drive them out of the workforce? Yeah, you know what, this is
1: the key point. I think Mark, absolutely, I think that's the answer. Uh, that's one of the likely consequences hmm. especially for people who have planners right they're sitting down with their advisor maybe their accountant their financial advisor their attorney and they're we're putting together some numbers and saying does it really pay to even work right and it reminds me of the the luxury tax that was passed several years ago this goes back a ways but this tax was levied on material expensive goods like watches furs boat yachts you know private planes and jewelry things like that Mm -hmm. fancy cars congress enacted a 10 percent luxury surtax on these things over like a boat over a hundred thousand dollars right or a car Right, right expensive car or airplane or a fur or jewelry and it was supposed to raise like billions and billions of tax revenue to lower the deficit and it was repealed like a year later <laughs> due to these mass layoffs in the luxury market. So, you know, rich people just change their behavior.
0: And that's typically what happens with any of these things, right? People adapt, they adjust, and, and it certainly makes sense in that standpoint. So if you're paying uh, 37% in federal taxes plus state taxes, let's say another 10%, this is like, I mean, this is kind of a straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, 47% is, that, that, that could cripple some people.
1: No, you know, no doubt about it. And if you add uh, thirty-seven plus ten, like you mentioned, plus another, another six percent. Oh yeah, for the Social Security, another six percent. If you're self-employed, now you're paying about sixty percent in taxes. And the thinking might be, you really, why bother working?
0: <laughs> it's like the old Reagan thing back in the when the taxes were over ninety percent. He said, I, I don't make four movies a year because anything over three, I don't make anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. People yeah. just drop out, right? Yeah. They might sell their business and, and do other things. And all of a sudden now the tax revenue just drops off the cliff. Mm. It's just like what happened with a luxury tax.
0: Wow. Yeah. It can get even worse for those who, who planned on not paying a tax on Social Security if they end up passing this law and then repealing that tax, too. So that's um, why you really got to have somebody. I mean, <laughs> well, that gets confusing. You're right. There's a lot in there. Well, you got to have somebody on your side, right? You gotta have somebody looking at the ins and outs of this stuff, folks, as well as all the changes, proposed changes, what it might do, how it might affect this bucket and that bucket, and so on and so forth. Uh, just this year, they've made you know a, another change to how IRAs are taxed. So you know, again, a lot of stuff always going on, and when the company, country, excuse me, needs so much money, it, it's always going to be something. So definitely reach out to someone qualified like Don. Again, he's a CPA and a CFP so a great resource for you to tap into if you need some help call him at 800-664-1183 it's 800-664-1183 or stop by his website donaldcash.com that's donaldcash.com you know you can have a strategy session and conversation it's complimentary you can do all that kind of stuff kind of get the get the ball rolling if you will right don absolutely and we'll keep an, a sharp eye on this proposal mark as well as
1: some other pending changes that they're floating around with IRA rules so you know, we're getting close. We're moving toward the end of the year. I can't believe it, Mark. We're moving toward the end of the year. So I agree. Uh, like I said, we'll keep an eye on these and we'll integrate it into our planning discussions and just, you know, try to uh, you know, navigate through this and and move from confusion to clarity into
0: confidence so we have a handle on how this is going to affect things and we can work around it. Yep, that's a great point. And we'll keep an eye on that stuff. And we'll talk about it right here on the podcast. Uh, as years as the years wind down, they typically do sometimes pass some things and sneak some things. I mean, if you think about it, the Secure Act came through like right at the end of December in 2019. So you just never know. So Don will keep his eye on this stuff. And then we'll keep you aware of it here on the podcast, right here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you like to use. Pretty simple. Just type in Your Money and Your Life into the search box. Of one of those apps. It's probably already on your phone and hit the heart button. That's pretty much all it. That's all you got to do most of the time. But uh, if not, you can always go to his uh, our, the podcasting website. That's another great way to do it. We have all the information listed for you there as well. And that's doncashpodcast.com. Again, doncashpodcast.com. We'll see you next time here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.